What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Heads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the 305 Culture with JJ Rivera. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and our other three team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind, Knuck a Few Buck, and Cavalier Central. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast. Hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel. Featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. First off, we're going to do a quick recap of last night's NBA action. As we all know, we only had one game last night since, you know, we're in the middle of the playoffs and all that. Anyway, the Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers 114-106. to Denver led for most of the game, I believe, if not the whole game. The Lakers looked flat for the, for all the first three quarters and then turned it up in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's not a good... I mean, they almost pulled it off. They got within four when... Win three, I, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, but it, they had to expend so much energy, and Jamal Murray was just an absolute killer, draining that dagger. But the story of the game, I would say, would be the rebounding differential. According to the NBA app I have here, it says that the Denver Nuggets out rebounded the Los Angeles Lakers 44 to 25. That's just absolutely unacceptable for a team that features Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard. Which, by the way, those three players combined to have four rebounds. So they, so JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis had four more rebounds than I had last night. And I didn't even play, which is ridiculous, to be fair. Uh, the Lakers, they, listen, they're not a very consistent three-point shooting team. They shot 23% from three. They shot 64% from the line, which is also not ideal. Jamal, But let's move on to Jamal Murray. Man, what a killer that guy is. Drained that ice-cold dagger at the end of the game. And Jokic, and Jokic made some really good plays. He made that tough, tough jump shot to end the first quarter and give the, the Nuggets the lead, which was... Absolutely fantastic. Jokic, Jokic and Murray were brilliant once again. Murray had 28 and Jokic had 22, 10, and 5. Murray also almost had a triple-double, finished with 28, 8, and 12. And the for the Lakers, LeBron led them in scoring, of course, and he had a triple-double, 30, 10, and 11. I think... They mentioned in the broadcast last night that he is second all-time to Magic Johnson in playoff triple-doubles. And behind Jason Kidd for third, for fourth place, it's Rajon Rondo. And Rondo had, some, had a really good fourth quarter. He started playing some very physical defense, which, by the way, the, it seemed like the refs let a, lot of, let a lot of contact go in that fourth quarter. 
maybe they wanted to see if the Lakers could get back into the game. But hey, I'm, I'm not here to discuss any conspiracy theories. Uh, anyway, Los Angeles still, still holds a 2-1 lead. Now they face the dilemma that NBA Twitter has posed, which is if should they lose game four on purpose? Or should they win and go up 3-1 on the Denver Nuggets, which it's just a team that has come back from multiple 3-1 leads, 3-1 deficits, if I should say, in the same playoffs, which is, <laughs> which is absurd. But hey, let's see how Game 4 goes. It should be a blast. Anyway, let's move on to the Miami Heat. We're going to be talking about the Heat-Celtics series, the Eastern Conference Finals, which feel like which the last game feels like happened forever ago. Game 4 is set to be played tonight. And yeah, let's recap some of the let's recap the first 3 games and see what we can expect from the rest of the series and tonight's game. Game 1, Miami won a thriller an overtime thriller, 117 to 114. Dragic and Tatum led the game in scoring with 29 for the Slovenian and 30 for the young superstar Celtic. The story of the game was the Celtics' inability to hold a lead. They started off with a 12 to 3 lead before Eric Spolster decided to call a timeout. And then they, the Celtics ended the first quarter with a 26 to 18 lead, so the Heat matches to stay in it. Later, Miami won an 8-0, run in the middle of the second quarter, and they closed it all tied up at 55. Dragic was brilliant in that second quarter. He scored 11 of his 29 in that quarter. He scored jump shots. He drove to the rim. The this guy is setting up to is setting himself to have one of the one of the highest paying one year contracts in NBA history. I I think that he should do everything in their power to keep this guy. He he has he's probably the greatest point guard in Miami Heat history. Yeah, I said it. Some might say Tim Hardaway, but I disagree. I think it's Goran Dragic. He has been excellent since his arrival here. Uh Boston actually did an excellent job contesting Duncan Robinson's shots. They forced him either forced him to pass, they either forced him to put the ball on the floor, which is just one of Duncan's weaknesses. He he's mostly just a shooter. When you force him to put the ball in the deck, he tends to get confused or he, he just passes it out, but he's not going to drive to the rim. Robinson shot 12 from 2 from 7 from 3, excuse me. And still, when he's on the floor, the heat, the heat, offense, is, the heat offense opens up so much because the opposing defense has to commit just at least one guy to follow him around because... With those screen actions and the and the dribble handoffs that between Adebayo and Robinson, you have to be very attentive to where he is all the time because the heat will he will burn burn you if you leave him open, and that in turn opens up driving lanes for Butler to draw fouls, which puts the opposing defense in foul trouble. Adebayo can operate in the pick and roll more consistently, even in the elbows if. If he sees the defense keen too much on Duncan Robinson, he just go straight to the rim and make a layup. And he, he's so athletic that probably no center on the Celtics can guard him effectively. Thais has tried, but I would say Adebayo is the best player has been the best player in the series. He's been phenomenal. Anyway, I want to talk about Duncan's value when he's on the floor. Just when he's on the floor. The Heat's offensive rating with Duncan on the floor is 115.4 and without is 
that's not a huge difference, uh, but in a series this close, those are the little things that matter. And just with the mere, just with the simple fact that Duncan Robinson is on the floor, the Heat offense operates so much better. Another big takeaway from this game is that Tyler Hero looks so much, so comfortable as a playmaker. The rookie has grown right, has grown right in front of our eyes. I remember Heat Twitter questioning the pick when they made it. He was drafted number 13 out of Kentucky. And hey, I was one of them. I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect from him, but he has been excellent in these playoffs. And actually, Spo is trusting him more over Kendrick Nunn which was the opposite opposite during the regular season they he trusted Kendrick Nunn he actually started him over Dragic which seems like a good move because Dragic looks rested and well at some point we got to talk about what's going on with Kendrick Nunn he i believe he played only 5 minutes in this game in game 1 he couldn't stay on the floor he couldn't guard Kemba or any other player that it, or Brad Wanamaker he he looks lost, and it's really concerning because this is a guy that finished third on I think he finished third third or second. He finished in the top three in rookie of the year voting. He was named first team all rookie, and I hope that this is not a sign of what's to come. And he just turns out to be a regular season, a one year regular season wonder. I'm hoping for the best with Kendrick. Anyway. Tyler Hero, he finished with nine assists and nearly had a triple double. He played 40 minutes in this game. And he Spo has been trusting him during the playoffs. He's playing him big minutes. And Hero has responded. Mostly on offense. On defense, he's still a work in progress. But still he he has jumped really high. And I think I think next season he'll probably be starting. And his offensive game should improve even more. Now let's move on to the fourth quarter. Well, Jimmy Butler gave us another closing masterpiece. The Heat were trailing by two with less than 30 seconds to play, and Dragic passed to Butler for a corner three, which he made, and he gave the Heat a one-point lead. Later in overtime, he ultimately made the game-winning shot with a tough, tough and one layup over Jason Tatum, which was which was a good contest by Tatum, but yeah, he got fouled, but Jimmy made that scoop layup and he put the heat up by two. And yeah, he's shooting 56.3% from the field in clutch situations. And he's probably the he's probably the most the best player during the clutch in this in these playoffs. By the way, Kemba almost killed me with that step back jumper. Cardia Kemba. What a player. That over hero. That step back jump shot at the top of the key. At the elbow, more more or less, but my God, I I really thought that we were almost done for. And hey, I I saw Jimmy driving at Tatum, and I thought he actually threw up a bad shot, but he drew the foul, which which actually good. And then we all know what happened: the Bam block, one of the greatest blocks I've ever seen in a game. That was super clutch. <laughs> the amount of strength that it required for him to make that block was insane his hand his his wrist was almost inside the basket and wow actually i let's rank the greatest blocks i've ever seen 
number one is going to be LeBron in 2016 against the Warriors just because of the of the significance and the and the situation they were in. I mean, he probably won them the championship with that block because both teams were didn't score for like two minutes and then the Warriors went in transition and and LeBron made one of the greatest defensive plays in NBA history. And I would say second place would be Bam. Because that you gotta understand the difficult the sheer difficulty of making that block. He stayed with Tatum when he drove to the basket. Tatum rose up and hey it was a good it was a good shot by Tatum. I don't like let's not get carried away by the end result. That was the right play by Tatum. He took it to the basket and looked for contact or just get an easy basket, but none of that happened. Bam is Bam's a great defensive player. I have him in my way too early NBA awards predictions. I think he should be considered the front runner for defensive player of the year next season because his versatility on defense is unparalleled. He's one of the probably one of the few players in the in the league that can guard one through five effectively. He's got the foot speed, he's got the length, the athleticism, he's got the strength to stay with centers and power forwards. He's got all he's he's one of the best one of the five best players under twenty five right now. He should be he'll I'm real excited to see what's to come for the rest of his career. Let's jump to game two. The Celtics had 20 turnovers compared to Miami's 11. That's not... That'll do you in in a playoff game. I mean, well, it didn't do in the, the Denver Nuggets today. They had 20 turnovers, but... But other factors contributed to that win. But mo- I want to concentrate on the Celtics having 20 turnovers and the Heat having 11. That's... That... That's not good. You're not going to win many basketball games turn the ball over that much. And yeah. After... Con- after limiting Duncan Robinson to two from seven from three in the first game, well, he came alive and he made his mark early on. He made three straight three-pointers to open up the game. He was absolutely wet. That man was was killing it. He He's the third best shooter in the league behind, behind Stephen Clay. He's had one of the greatest shooting seasons anyone's ever had. I expect him to, to have a huge game four. And the Celtics, they they looked shell-shocked in that first quarter because Robinson was punching them. Another story of the game, Dragic and Adebayo were abusing the Celtics in the pick-and-roll. Adebayo and Dragic, coincidentally, led the Heat in scoring. Interestingly enough, Jimmy Butler has not led the Heat in scoring in any of the, of the three games that have been played. He has mostly been guarded by either Smart, or Brown, or even on some occasions Tatum, who are three excellent perimeter defenders. And we all know that Jimmy Jimmy's impact doesn't show up on the box score. And he's not a huge scoring threat. He barely averaged 20 per, per game in the during the regular season. But it's surprising because seeing how seeing his exploits in the last series against the Bucks. Game one specifically, where he scored forty, and see how well the Celtics have limited him, and still being down. I think that speaks to this Heat team's excellent versatility. Every man on the floor can can put the 
can put the ball in the basket. Everybody is everybody knows their job. They work as a unit, and I love this team. They they're probably the most heat culture team of all time, which leads me to all five heat starters reach double figures, led by obviously Adebayo and and Dragic. Crowder kept his hot shooting alive in the in these playoffs. He's been absolutely scorching the net. The Celtics once again led by double digits and once again they blew the lead. Seems to be a recurring theme during these during his first two games and the third game to to an extent. We'll talk about that later on. Miami outscored Boston by 20 in that third quarter. That that's that was Miami's best probably the best quarter of the series. Adebayo dominated the quarter and was he was constantly set up by Dragic and Hero. That hero and that hero slash Dragic pick and roll with Bam Adebayo's lethal because Adebayo's ability to dive to the basket and his finishing ability is excellent. And Hero and Dragic both can drive and both can shoot from three or from anywhere on the floor. And that forces the defense to make a decision because if you keep, if you stay if you show high on on Dragic or Hero, they'll just they're good enough passers to find Adebayo open in the in the paint, which puts the Celtics in an interesting conundrum. And if you show low, if you show low, Dragic and Hero can either drive by you or shoot the three, and that that's giving the Celtics some problems. Interestingly enough, in the fourth quarter of this game, Dragic took over as a closer. He made two straight tough jump shots to keep the Celtics at bay. I think they were both three-pointers. One of them was him basically falling falling away, heavily contested, and he still made it. Uh, Dragic has been excellent in his playoffs. He's averaging 21.3 points per game. And he's actually been pretty ineffective in terms of scoring in the clutch during these playoffs. He's shooting 28% from the field in those situations, and he doesn't shoot up very often. As I said, Butler is the main closer for this group during the playoffs. So, so yeah, Dragic hasn't been needed to close the games because, well, Butler Butler is just magical in the clutch. He's, he's a big-time player, but, hey, that's what makes this Heat team dangerous. One one day it can be Butler, one day it can be Adebayo, one day it can be Dragic. Even Hero, we all saw in that game four that the Heat ended up losing to the Bucks, but he made two straight three-pointers to, to keep the, the Heat in, in it. And the Heat, the Heat have uh, the luxury of having so many guys that can hurt you that it makes them one of the, probably the, I would say the second most dangerous team in the playoffs behind the Lakers because, well, the Lakers, they, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which is the best duo in the league. But I think the Heat, they have proven that they can they can hang with anyone. Now let's move on to a more dour note. Game 3. Brad Stevens started off putting fights on the three-point line, specifically mostly in the corners, so that Bam... Should, is forced out of the paint and that leaves the rim wide open 
which just to the Celtics credit, they exploited. They scored 60 paint points. If you allow your opponent to shoot that, to score that many points inside the paint, you're not, you're not going to win many games. I'm sorry. Unless, it, and unless you like, you're in a shootout or something, but Boston scoring 60 points in the paint, it's not going to cut it. They relentlessly attacked the paint. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and even Tatum early on in the game, they just, they were, they were hunting for Duncan Robinson when he was on the floor or Drogic. Since we all, we, we both know that they're, they're not plus defenders. Drogic can hold his own, but Duncan Robinson, he, he's not good enough to guard Jalen Brown or, or Jason Tatum. Maybe Marcus Smart because he sometimes puts up some crazy shots and, and that, that, that allows the, sometimes he bails the defense out with those crazy shots. Drogic was very quiet in this series, he, in this game, so, excuse me. He scored only 11 points uh, in both heat losses during the playoffs. Drogic has scored less than 20 points in both losses, which is, which is something to keep an eye on because if, if you limit Drogic, then the rest of the Heat offense can, unless Robinson or Butler have a crazy scoring game, well, they're going to be much easier to beat because Drogic provides so much veteran savvy. He draws fouls. He can drive to the rim. He can shoot the three. And when he's not on, he it's a problem for the Heat. But that hasn't been the case very often in these, in these playoffs. So I would say that he should bounce back for game four. And hey, would you look at that? The Celtics entered the fourth quarter with a 15-point lead, and the Heat managed to get within seven with 46.9 remaining in the game. Now, I know that uh, that with 46.9 trailing by seven, it's highly, highly unlikely that you win the game or even tie it because you would need at least two threes in order to like be, be able to close. Well, the Heat have the shooters. We have shooters. Shout out to Hassan Whiteside. In order to do that, but yeah, it's highly unlikely. It's just took DL, and yeah, the Heat didn't. the The Celtics came out with urgency in this game. They led by, they led by twenty at what at one point, and they were they had an excellent performance. And this game forced to be a blast. Now, what to expect from the rest of the series? We need Dragic to score at least twenty the rest of the way. He's averaging twenty one point three. In the playoffs, in both as I mentioned before, on both of the Heat's losses this postseason, he has scored less than twenty. Uh, we gotta keep attacking the Celtics with the Dragic slash Hero and Adebayo pick and roll. Adebayo has generated one point forty one points per possession as a role man in this in these playoffs, which places him in the eighty second percentile, which is elite. He's he's better than almost anybody in the league as the role man in these playoffs. And interestingly enough, Drogic and Hero haven't been haven't been as effective, albeit they haven't they haven't had too many pick and roll possessions as according to NBA to stats.mba.com. They they haven't been very good in the in that regard. And yeah, after the break, we're gonna discuss Drogic and Hero's ineffectiveness in the pick and roll what to expect for the rest of the series and game four so sit tight 
and get some water. Listen up, let's keep listening. I'll be back. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. So, we're talking about Drogic and heroes and consistency as pick-and-roll ball handlers. Looking at the stats here, Drogic generated as the ball handler during pick-and-roll situa- situations. He has generated 0.88 points per possession, placing him in the 45th.8 percentile. He has run the play 42% of the time when he's on the floor. That's not a very good number for him. I think he should be improving in that regard. And moving on to Hero, he generates 0.76 points per possession. That's not good either. But I think both players, I think they should run it more with Bam. And with the Celt- against the Celtics, it has, it has been it's been effective, and they sh- they should not stop now. I think they they have a they have a very potent attack. Sure, those numbers don't look encouraging, but but they also take into account the first two series against the Pacers and the Bucks. And yeah, I think they should keep running it. I want to move on to another topic. I know this is a small sample size, just fifty three minutes of play, but the lineup of Butler, Adebayo, Drogic, and Crowder has an offensive rating of 117.8 and a defensive rating of 85.3, which gives them a net rating of 32.6. That I'm pretty sure that this that must be the best lineup in the NBA during these playoffs. That that those are those are just absurd numbers. Um Obviously, they're not sustainable if you play a lot of minutes. They only play 53 minutes, those five guys. But I think that lineup should be... I know Hero is a rookie, but I think that should be their at least their closing lineup going forward, which has been, and it has, been, it has proved effective. Because Butler and Dragic provide, and, and Hero to some extent, they provide playmaking... They, they, you have three playmakers on the floor, and then you have Adebayo, who's an elite pick and roll player. He can he can dive to the rim. He can make some mid range shots. He should improve on that. I expect him to see. I expect to see him next year with with a, a much improved mid range jump shot. If he improves that, excuse me. If he improves that, that should make him elite as a player because it would give him. It would make him much more of a threat. He, he imagine having a guard at a bio with his, his athleticism as he drives to the rim, and then you have to take into account that he can shoot the mid range, just the mid range. Oh, well, maybe in the future he can add a three point shot, but just 
having the guard him in the mid range and he, if he can nail some turnaround jump shots, that would be great. But if he just nails that consistently, that would be so huge for this team because that that's the logical next step for Artabaya, right? You know, he's more more mostly known as a facilitator. He's probably the second best passing big man in the league right now behind Jokic, who's having a great series against LA and has a has has had a great great playoffs overall. But yeah, Adebayo with a with a mid range shot would be more dangerous. And that lineup, what's most impressive to me is that the offensive rating is so high. Even though Butler was statistically the worst shooter in the league, according to Kirk Goldsberry, he had the worst effective field goal percentage during the regular season. Yes, even worse than Russell Westbrook. And <laughs> the much maligned Westbrook jump shot. And Butler didn't receive that type of criticism because he made up for it. And I mean, he he stopped taking them. He knew where his, he was most effective on the floor. So he just stopped taking them. Which, to his credit, eh, to his credit, he has retooled his game. He became more of a playmaker this season. He averaged six assists per game, which is a career high. He actually led the, the team in assists. So with Butler and Adebayo, two guys that are not consistent shooters from the perimeter, although Butler has improved in these playoffs, mostly in clutch situations, he has proven to be big. But yeah, he, he has improved in these playoffs in terms of shooting. Dragic, well, I already mentioned what Dragic has Dragic's exploits in these playoffs. He's been excellent. 21.3 points per game in the playoffs. He shoot, he's shooting 38% from three, making nearly three a game. That's huge. And Hero and, and Crowder. I talked enough about the offensive end and with that lineup. Now let's move on to the defensive end. Sure, Hero might be a defensive liability, but you've got three... Three excellent defenders in Crowder, Adebayo, and Butler. Butler specifically and, and Adebayo are two of the premier defenders in the entire league. They they can defend you. And most, Butler mostly on the perimeter, but Adebayo is much more complete. He can defend you in the perimeter. He can contest shots at the rim. Butler plays the passing lanes probably better than anybody else in the league. He, he had a ridiculous... He had a ridiculous sequence, I believe, in was in the fourth quarter of one of these games where he he stole he stole the pass, he read the pass perfectly, and the ball was going out of bounds, and he saved it somehow. Went went out of bounds, Dragic dribbled the ball, and Butler then came out of nowhere and he had a wide open dunk. And that was that was Pete Jimmy Butler. That's the type of things that he brings to this team. The gritty tenacity on defense and then the smart offensive player that he is. And I've talked enough about Hero, Dragic, Adebayo, and Butler, but I haven't talk, talked about Crowder. Crowder has been excellent in these playoffs. He has been an inconsistent shooter throughout his career. He had that one outlier year. Coincidentally with the Celtics, where he shot very good. Then he went to Cleveland. He didn't look very good there. And listen, that Iggy Crowder trade, I know that the centerpiece at the time was Andre Godala, but it's more, looking more like Jay Crowder is the 
it was the most important piece of that trade. He he's starting for the for this team, and Godala has barely played in this series, which is I don't think well I don't think anybody could have seen coming back then. And yeah, that was excellent. Now let's talk. Let's wrap it up and talk about what what I'm expecting from tonight's game. I'm expecting the Celtics to try to keep attacking the rim. They'll maybe they'll try to deploy that same strategy that they started off game three with, which was putting Thice on the corners and just basically leaving leaving him there. What that does is basically it's a four man offense. Thice, I don't know what. I don't know what their why Adebayo is actually going out of his way to guard Thais on the perimeter. He's shooting 16% from three in these playoffs, which is absolutely terrible. And yeah, I know he's a capable shooter. He in the regular season he knocked he knocked them down, but in the playoffs he's not shooting very well from, from deep. And I think that in order to counter that, maybe the Heat should Maybe they should just flat out ignore him. I know Spo when I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but Bam's most effective protecting the rim or staying or or near the ball handler. Because he, he forced just as mere presence, he forces the ball handler to to second guess his his attack and that makes it that makes the defense much more dangerous. So I expect the Celtics to to adjust to that, uh, to keep attacking the paint, but the Heat should adjust very well. They'll probably, they'll probably either put, they either ignore Thice or put somebody else. Maybe Duncan Robinson if they see that Thice is straying to a three point, they just put Duncan Robinson or something like that. Will, which would give them problems in the rebounding department and the inside, inside defense department. But I think they, they could try that. And yeah, the key will be Dragic. Dragic is scoring unless Jimmy explodes, which is highly unlikely due to the nature of the perimeter defenders he's playing. So yeah, I am very excited for this game. It's been it felt like forever since they these two teams last played. And let's go Heat! Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA playoffs. See you next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.